You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer. Living word, sing Jesus, Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord. God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living word, living word, sing Jesus, Jesus. Name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is Blessed Redeemer, sing Jesus, Jesus. Lift your hands everywhere. Name above all names, beautiful Savior. Glorious Lord, Emmanuel. 
Father, we thank you for this service today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your leading, your guidance. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to perceive in the name of Jesus. Please be seated. There are call, there's an echo. There are call thoughts from Scripture that need to be emphasized again and again. In the same way, there are core convictions amongst us that also needs to be emphasized again and again. I'll start with Hebrews chapter 2. I'll read verse 1. I'd like us to read it together. Want to go. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. Amen. Can we read it a second time? Amen. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. Amen. This is your new light arrangement. Have you checked if it's a better arrangement than the recording? Hallelujah. Make sure of that. Hallelujah. We ought to give the more earnest heed, not to the things we are hearing for the first time. Amen. Did you see that? It's not to the things, you know, some of us give the more earnest heed to the things we are hearing for the first time. But this scripture is saying, give the more energy to the things you have already heard before. That means you should pay more attention to the things you have heard before. Because it is possible for those things to slip. Glory to God. It means truth can sleep. Amen. I'm not talking about sleep as in S-L-E-E-P. Something falling out of your hands. Amen. And it is is our responsibility to ensure that we keep you in remembrance of these things. There's a key word you will see, especially in the book of Deuteronomy, is the word remember. Everybody say remember. Say again, remember. Remember is always used when they're talking about the covenant. If you read Deuteronomy, you'll see remember several times. God will always say that, remember, remember, remember. Why is remembrance so important? Because it is things that you remember that keep working for you. Amen. Are you listening to me? And in Christianity, in our salvation we have embraced, there are things we must constantly remember or remind ourselves of. A popular scripture. Deuteronomy 8.18 Just put it up. Deuteronomy 8.18 Popular scripture. I just want to show you remember there. Alright? Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 
But thou, let's read together once to go. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. That he may establish. What does he want you to remember? Why he's giving you power to get wealth. Amen. That he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto your fathers as it is this day. Now, I could keep showing you remembrance scriptures and remember, remember, remember. But what I just want you to understand is this. Humans forget. Hallelujah. And God helps us to remember what we should remember. One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to keep us in remembrance of the things that Jesus had said to us. Hello? That's one of the key ministries of the Holy Spirit. It means that if the Holy Spirit does not remind us, we might forget. Now, let's use communion. What is communion? Today I'm going to be explaining basic things we've been doing. I want you to understand. Somebody said something to me. I knew that all I've been preaching, the person has never heard me. I've come there. Why do we take communion? What's the communion? If you read Peter's, um, sorry, Paul's account, his argument for 1 Corinthians 10 into 1 Corinthians 11, he was talking about remembrance. Hallelujah. That one of the ways we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross is by this communion. Now, you know, um, I was somewhere, you know, I, I try to remember, I think my wife was there with me, and they were taking the communion. And I said, I love the reverence with which the communion was taken. Amen. Are you understanding me? Now, I'm not talking about a religious reverence. I'm talking about a revelational reverence. A revelational reverence. Not religious reverence of... No. Revelational reverence with which they were taking the communion. And the only reason why that will be done is that the person remembers. There's a way communion is taken, you know, and then it becomes... What happened to them in First Corinthians is that they have forgotten why they are taking the communion. Praise God. They have forgotten it was now, it, you know, because they don't take the communion the way we take it now. They actually have a feast. They eat. They eat together. They bless and then they eat. Okay? So, some of them were getting drunk. Some of them were getting overfed. Some of them were doing a competition of whose food, who will bring the, 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 the finest or the best meal to church. So, Paul had to take time to say, hey, 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 remember Today is a remembrance service. Amen. Remember. But I want to just say this before I, I go further. This communion we take. If you have not really read the book of Exodus, Leviticus especially, you might miss the point because there are a lot of symbolisms that make you see the depths of what it is that is done in a communion. So I will start with communion, right? Now, um, before I start reading the scriptures, who is communion for? 
Who should take communion and who should not take communion? Basic questions. Why should we take communion? How regularly should communion be taken? Basic questions. And that should be understood clearly today. The first thing is this. The practice of communion is a type of Passover. Are you understanding me? Remember Passover? Remember Passover in Exodus? All right, That night they were to leave. God instituted the Passover. And then he said they should take a male lamb. One for each family. Find the story, Exodus 12, 13, 14. He said one per family. And then he said that they should roast the lamb. Alright? And then the blood from the lamb they will put it on the doorpost and the lintel. Then they make sure that they eat the lamb and nothing should be left of the lamb. Eat it all entirely. That's the Passover. After the Passover, they now start the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So I will explain all of that and how it relates to us today. My focus is not bombarding you with scripture. My focus is for you to understand the meaning of some of the things you're doing. Now, when they practiced the Passover and had the days of unleavened bread, the unleavened bread is simply bread without yeast. Are we together? Bread without yeast. So they have the flour, salt or sugar, whatever it is they do, but there's no yeast to make it rise. The yeast is symbolic of sin. Are we together? Alright? The yeast is symbolic of sin. It means that because of the Passover, because of the death of Christ, you have not been brought into a life without sin. Amen. Are you listening to me? You have not been brought into a season of unliving life. Living. Living without sin. Now, the communion, they use what they call the Massa bread. Alright? That's what they call it. The Jews call it. And the bread is such that um, it, it looks like biscuits. It looks more like a biscuit, right? It looks like a biscuit. Not, when you say bread, it's not the fluffy bread you know from what bread places here now, you know, uh, you know. No, it's like biscuits. And the bread has stripes on it and piercings on it. If you see the Jews breaking the bread, it has piercings and ever say stripes. Then say piercings. It has stripes and piercings means like holes inside. Now, that bread is symbolic of the body of Jesus Christ. That the stripes on Jesus was for your healing. Are you listening to me? The stripes of Jesus. So, now the reason why the bread has stripes and, and, and piercings is so that when you pick it, you will remember. Are you understanding me? You will remember. You will remember. You see, the um, wafer they use, you know, now, they try to put that sign of a cross on it. It's just, you know, just to give you the idea. You understand? But it's supposed to have piercings and stripes on it. 
So, anytime you are partaking, you remember that Jesus took stripes. And the Bible said he was pierced. If you read Zechariah, the Bible said that when the people will see the one that they pierced, then they will mourn. Amen. You remember he was pierced with a spear? Alright? Now, the piercing and the stripes was for your healing and your wholeness. Are you listening to me? So, when you come and break the bread, what you are actually doing, you are remembering. Are you, there's a, a, a New Testament, um, a new translation that says that you are reenacting. Like you are replaying, you are echoing again what happened that day to the body of Jesus on the cross and that you are connected to it. Amen. Now, so we have the body and the blood. And they, are not, they don't do the same thing. The body has its role. The blood has its role. If you read Paul's writing down, after he just talked about the body, he said, they've not descend the Lord's body. When we say body, the body of Christ, there are three references to the body of Christ. The first reference is the, what we call the mystical body of Christ. That is, all believers that are born again are body of Christ. That also, the church is called the body of Christ. That's the first. The second body of Christ is the physical body of Jesus Christ, where he is. But the one we're talking about is this element, amen, that is symbolic of the body. What Paul was talking about was the bread, amen. Am I communicating? He said they do not descend that Lord's body. And because they don't descend the Lord's body, he said many are weak, sickly, and die. Why believers die in church is because of this, amen. Let's read it. Since you're here already, First Corinthians eleven twenty nine. Listen, read it with me. Want to go? For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Amen. Next verse. For this cause, did you see that? This is the reason. This is the reason many amongst the believers are weak. And sickly among you. And many even sleep. Are you listening to me? He's saying that the essence of this body is to make sure that many will not be sick. People will be strong and they won't die early. Are you listening to me? So when you are partaking of the body, understand what actually you are doing. Are we together? So I help me with my shoes. Understand exactly what you are doing. He said, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. That means that until people understand this, there will be many weak people in church, sick people in church, and many deaths. It's okay. Thank you. Many deaths. Are you with me? Okay. Now, most of the time people ask that question, okay, what does it mean to eat unworthily? What does it mean to eat unworthily? He's not talking about you not being worthy. That's not what he's talking about. 
King James English. He's not talking about the person eating not being worthy. That's what he's talking about. First of all, anyone that has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is worthy to eat and partake of the communion. Amen? Amen. There's no age barrier to the communion. There's only a salvation barrier. Amen? Amen. Are we together? Okay? So, it's not like saying, oh, that's a child. You shouldn't take. No, 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 no. If there's a child born again, hallelujah. All you owe that child is to explain what it is they're doing. The communion is for everyone that is born again. Are you listening to me? It's for everyone that is born again. Now you ask a question. I'm coming to that. What did Paul mean when he was talking about eating unworthily? He was saying, he has already explained it. They are eating without discerning. Amen. Are you understanding me? That's what he meant. Meaning that the manner in which they were eating it, glory to God, it was not as if they were partaking of a sacred thing. They were behaving like they are eating something casual. Amen. That's what he meant by unworthily. Are you listening to me? So, this, this um, communion is a holy meal. Amen. It is a meal, but it's a spiritually um, a spiritual meal. Glory to God. Even if you are partaking of it physically. Are you listening to me? So, when you're coming to eat or partake of the communion, you come descending, having in mind the word descending there means that you have the right judgments, amen, about what you are about to partake of. Are you listening to me? You cannot be eating it right and remain sick. It's not possible. And that's why I'm taking time to explain it to you so that you will benefit. God's plan for keeping the church healthy is the communion. You didn't hear me well. God's health plan for the church on earth is the communion. That's why I said, as often as you eat this, he said, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Then he said, eat it regularly. He said, how regularly? As regularly as you think will keep you healthy. Amen. Maybe when you understand how the Jewish people eat the um, do the Passover, they, they are not doing it as we are doing it communion. They are doing it like they are waiting for the Messiah. We are doing it that the Messiah has already come. Are you understanding me? Okay, so um, when they eat, let me, just, let me just paint this picture for you so you understand that. Because you might see it in a very light way, but it's a deep thing. When um, they were told, you know, the Passover was done in the evening. Are we together? The Passover, the one in Exodus, was done in the evening. Why evening? Because Jesus also died in the evening. Amen. Are we together? From three o'clock is evening. Amen. In, in Jewish, this. So, he died, the Bible calls it, at the time of the evening sacrifice. That's why you saw that even Elijah, when he caught fire from heaven... He waited until the time of the evening sacrifice. Are you understanding me? He waited till that time. All the time was telling the other people to do. It was time. It was bidding time. Because he wanted it to coincide with the time of the evening sacrifice. Jesus is our own evening sacrifice. Are you listening to me? So, when they take the Passover, they were to leave the next morning after taking the Passover. 
He told them, he said, get up your loins, wear your shoes. When you are taking it, get up your loins. That's belt up, dress up. Dress up because after you eat, you are released. Are you listening to me? After you eat, you are released. That means that what you are doing is an act of faith. So when you are eating also, get up your loins. Amen. Wear your shoes. The thing you are believing for, as you finish eating, enter it. Are you listening to me? So, you finish eating, enter it. That's part of what we're talking when we say engage the covenant. Amen. Amen. Don't just eat. No. You are eating to go. Amen. Amen. So, when they sat, forgive me that I'm not doing it, uh, showing you all the scriptures one after the other. I'm so much in a hurry. There are many things to share with you. But I'm starting with communion. Now, when they eat, they eat a meal. The lamb is there. Then there are what they call herbs. Like vegetables. That are also there. Okay? And then they have the wine. Which is symbolic of the blood. Also there. Different from the one they put there. The one inside is different. Now, when they are eating, they take the, the leaf. Uh, the, what you, I call it vegetable, right? But it's a leaf. They have the names for it. And then it is bitter. It's not sweet. Very bitter. And they eat it with the lamb. Why? God was saying that Anytime you taste it, you remember where you are coming from. Amen. The bitter experience you had, and now where you have been brought out. That means the purpose of the whole exercise was to keep you in remembrance. Are you listening to me? That means you cannot come and be eating this without functioning with remembrance. Are you understanding me? You cannot eat without remembering. Your mind must be on what you are doing. You cannot absent-mindedly come and partake of the communion. No, no, no. You have to be conscious. Peter was speaking. I believe it was in um, Second Peter, if I'm not mistaken. Where he was saying that. He said, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge. And so you can add, 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 add. Then he got to a point. He said, if you do these things, you will grow in the knowledge of God. And so on and so forth. Then he said, Anyone that doesn't do these things, he has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Amen. Are you listening to me? That he has forgotten. Meaning that we are supposed to remember that Jesus saved me. Amen. Hi. I got saved. Jesus died for me. He, he rose again. And now I have, so as I'm partaking of communion, I must remember that. Okay. He said, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten. That means we are not supposed to forget. Amen. That he was purged from his old sins. So the Jews normally eat that bitter stuff. The bitter stuff reminds them of the bitter experience they had in Egypt. Glory to God. There are many other things they eat that are symbolic of all the experiences they had in Egypt. And so anytime we are coming out for the communion, you remember... My sins have been forgiven. Hallelujah. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Now that's for the broken body. 
the blood. Hmm. The blood is different from what the body does. The blood has to do with our sins. Amen. The body's focus is our health and well-being. Are we together? While the blood is always about sin. And the penalty that will always try to arise because of sin. So, if someone, what did Paul teach about repentance? Everybody say repentance. And listen to me, there is a doctrine of repentance. Repentance is simple. Repentance means that I was doing something that I was not supposed to do and I've realized and then I changed my mind and I changed my action. Amen. That's repentance. Now, Paul said, if you judge yourself, he used the language, he said you will not be judged. I'm quoting Paul. How we judge ourselves is on the communion table. Amen. Are you listening to me? That's why you say, oh, I did something wrong. Then you come to the communion table and settle it with God. Now some people, you know, the hindrance, what Satan has done over the years to people is that they say, I did something wrong, so I shouldn't take communion. No. Unless you want to keep doing the something wrong. Amen. Are you understanding me? If you did something wrong and you want to write it, the communion is the place. Are you listening to me? The communion is the place. Now, there are, in the Jewish practice, they have four cups of wine they pour out. Alright? Four cups. And some of the things are the things that Paul was talking about, but he said it in a way that if you, were, if you don't understand Jewish practice, you understand it. The, the four cups of wine. One is known as the cup of judgment. The other is known as the cup of... The second one is cup of blessing. The cup of sanctification. And um, the fourth one... There's a fourth one now. I've forgotten the fourth one. Now... They have those four cups. When Jesus was eating with them, you find that in Matthew 26. The cup he took, he skipped the cup of judgment and drank the cup, the other cup, of redemption. The fourth one is redemption. The cup of redemption. He drank the fourth cup. The third cup. Meaning that this one of judgment is not for all of us, it's for me alone. That's why when he was praying in Gethsemane, he said, If it be thy will, let this cup. Remember that statement he made? He was talking about the cup of judgment. Amen. Are you listening to me? Now, today, we don't drink the cup of judgment. Amen. When you are coming out, it's not the cup of judgment. Paul said, Christ now has been made unto us. 1 Corinthians 1.30 Wisdom righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Are you understanding me? You didn't hear me well. Christ has been made unto us what? Wisdom. What, listen, look at it on, on, on projector. Wisdom and what? Righteousness and what? Sanctification and redemption. That means that when you are coming to drink now, all these things, the Jews understand it. They know there are four cups. Amen. So when you are coming to drink of the communion, 
you are partaking of wisdom. Amen. Righteousness. Amen. Sanctification and what? Redemption. There is no judgment. This is what happens when we are eating and drinking the communion. How we apply the blood in the New Testament is not by shouting blood of Jesus. No. I know that. You know, there are many things people do that is just somebody's idea. Holy Ghost, fire. There's nothing like that in the Bible. It's just a healing. Are you understanding me? It's just a healing. Different cultures have different healings. Are you understanding me? All right? Um, I think here in River State, they say, hey, away, something like that. You know, hey, away, something like that. You understand? It's their healings. So in church now, someone has come with his own healing. But let me explain something to you. How the blood is applied in your life is by the communion. Amen. There are two things that are connected. The name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. When you are taking the communion, is the same as when you say in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? Yeah. So, how we plead the blood, let me use the language plead, you want you know. How we engage and apply blood in our circumstance is the communion. Is the communion. So, I can break bread and partake of the blood by that I have engaged the blood on a particular matter. Amen. This year, if you want to see that force of the covenant speaking in your life, partake of the communion with understanding. Am I communicating? Partake of the communion with understanding. And I'm telling you how that you remember, you put your mind to it. Don't casually do it. There are two things that church folks don't do right. One is communion, the second one is giving. Amen. Alright? Because they don't understand that giving is part of worship. I've just addressed the communion now. Tap your neighbor and say, you now know how to do it right. Amen. Alright? So if you came in sick, you will judge the sickness on the communion table. Are you listening to me? You, you, you are judging the sickness. It's not supposed to be there. So as you take, you are ready to go and live in health. Amen. Are you understanding me? Alright, so understand that. Now, the second thing is giving. I'm just addressing the things we do in church. Alright, some people don't know why you do it. I remember the story I told you. I've said it several places about how someone came to church and um, this was years ago. Someone came to church and then did his head like this and sat up. So I said, Bro, you, come. I called him aside. I said, I said, why are you doing that? You thought you had done something wrong. Uh, sorry, sir. I said, why, why did you bend your head like that and raise it up? He said, I'm sorry, sir. I saw everybody doing it. So me too, as I came, I bent my head and I raised my head. <laughs> and I purposely called him because I know he doesn't know why he's doing it. And listen to me. Don't be a believer that is engaged in things you don't understand what you are doing. Amen. Alright? So today... <laughs> you will give the more earnest heed to the things which you have heard. Let's go back to the scripture where we started before I talk about giving. 
Go back to the scripture we started. Hebrews 2 verse 1. Let's read together. I want to go. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. We're going to be praying in a few minutes. Pastor Sandra will come up. We'll pray for about 15 minutes and then we'll continue. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time. He didn't say, he said at any time. That means we always must be conscious remembering. Amen. We should let them sleep. There are many things that believers have allowed to slip from them. There are certain practices that you, some of you have never understood that it was, I was talking to a young man. Let me just finish what I was saying before I talk about the young man. When that guy said, sorry sir, I saw that people doing it. I said, come. I said, what they were doing is that they were praying for the service. And I asked him, did you pray at home before you came for the service? If you prayed at home about the service, you didn't have to come to service and pray again. Amen. Am I complicating? Then I said, if you didn't, when you come for the service, you pray. So your spirit is opened. Hallelujah. Someone said, does your spirit close? Yes, it does. Amen. Your spirit can be quiet and not receptive. Glory to God. You could come because your mind is distracted. And that happens most of the time when your mind is full of other matters. You can be in a service, you are not hearing what they are saying. Or you are hearing, but it's not registering. And it has nothing to do with who is ministering or what's happening. It is you that is distracted. Are you, are you listening to me? Alright? So, you give the more energy, you put those things in mind constantly. So that you are not doing things as a believer, you don't know why you are doing it. Why are we praying? Why do we give? Why do we take communion? Why do we worship? Why do we invite people? Why do we win souls? All those questions, you should ask yourself and understand it. You will know that people have not understood something when they give you the excuse they are giving to you. Amen. Yeah, that's how you know that someone has not understood something. <laughs> Imagine you are trying to tell a child to brush every morning. Let, let me use another illustration. A friend of mine, he was having a carryover university. So, his elder sister, although that was a joke anyway, but the elder sister asked him, you have exam tomorrow, um, tomorrow morning. And he's a carryover. Have you read? He said, I read last year. <laughs> He said, I read last year. <laughs> but you didn't remember that you failed last year. Amen. So if somebody answers you like that, you know he doesn't understand what he's talking about. Am I communicating? That's how some answers people give and some excuses they give. You know that they have not understood what, what it is. Praise God. When someone says, I was praying in my heart, then you know he doesn't understand prayer. You cannot pray in your heart. Are you as enemy? You can think about prayer, but you cannot pray in your heart. What makes it prayer is that you said it. Glory to God. If it does not come out from your mouth, it's not yet a prayer. You could pray quietly, but it will be said out. Hallelujah. 
Are you listening to me? Yeah. So understand that. Well, now let's talk about giving. How do we give rights? Hallelujah. I remember Jesus talking about giving. And he used an illustration that I have always used. He said, if you are bringing your gifts to the altar, there are three things Jesus taught in the first teaching meetings Jesus had, where he was teaching multitudes, or his disciples and multitudes. He taught on prayer, he taught on fasting, and he taught on giving. Say it, prayer, fasting, giving. Let's go to Matthew, so we'll see that, alright? Matthew 6. Um, all right. We'll just start from one. We'll just read as far as we can go. But I will get to 19. So I don't know how, what we'll skip. Take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. That means that the point he has made in this scripture is that there's a reward from your Father for giving. Amen. Are you listening to me? Happy and we say there is a reward for giving. Say it again. There is a reward for giving. Is that clear already? Just first statement Jesus made. He said, take heed that you do not your arms. Now what he's saying is not giving. It's how the giving is done. That you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your father which is in heaven. So, what's the first thing Jesus is teaching here? Is what? Giving. Let's go further. He now says, that, Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound the trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Amen. That means the applaud of men, God has counted it as a reward. Next. But when thou doest arms... Let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. Next. That thine arms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee, how? Openly. That means giving has open rewards. Visible rewards. You hear someone say, I've been giving. I don't know why I'm not receiving. You're not giving. <laughs> It's either you are a liar or God is a liar. We'll choose which one. Amen. He said he will reward thee openly. He shall reward thee openly. Let's read further. I want to show you something. He has now landed giving. He now enters the next one. And when thou prayest, so he had thought of, where did he even start? He didn't even start to pray. You say, he would have started with the most spiritual thing. He started with the most spiritual thing. Giving is the most spiritual thing. Okay, I'm coming there. He said, when thou prayest, he now says, thou shalt not be as hypocrites are. In all that Jesus was addressing, he's addressing how it is done. Amen. Not just what is done, how it is done. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. That means prayer also has a what? A reward. Verse 6. 
But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, it means that giving has open rewards. Prayer has open rewards. Amen. Say, I have been praying. Nothing has happened. No. It has open reward. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Alright. Next. Keep going further. And when you pray, use not vain repetitions. Fire, 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 fire. Use not vain repetitions as the hidden do. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Next. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done is on earth as it is in heaven. Keep going. Give us, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Next. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, he was speaking to Jews. He was speaking to Jews. Okay. Next. For if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Next. We're going to fasting. Next. So, are you seeing fasting now? Let's read this one together. One to go. Moreover, when you fast, be not as hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to be fasting. I'm, fa- I'm on a long fast. I'm on a long fast. Are you not seeing it? Very last thing to you, what? They have their reward. That means there's a reward for fasting. Are you seeing that? Jesus taught on three things. Giving, prayer, fasting. Amen. There's a reward for fasting. Next. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head. He's talking about that rub cream, lotion. Amen. Wash your face. Take a bath. Don't smell for everybody. Amen. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret. Let's read that last part again. What? Shall reward thee openly. Are you seeing it? Say, I've been on a long fast. If it's a fast, it will reward you openly. Amen. Glory to God. In essence, he was showing us that giving, prayer, fasting, there are rewards. Amen. You benefit from it. Now, after talking to this point, you think he, when he now entered the next verse, he now went back to giving. You know, we are just following the teaching of Jesus Christ. This is the service Jesus was having. Amen. He was teaching them three ways of having open rewards. Amen. And he taught them giving, prayer, fasting. Then he went back to the core. Verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves steal, break through and steal. Next, we're going to read to 21. So go, next. But lay up for yourselves where treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Verse 21 will make it clear. Let's read together. I want to go. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be 
also. Amen. Let me just share something with you here. What Jesus was saying is that how we lay up treasures in heaven is by giving prayer and fasting. Amen. Amen. That is why Cornelius, the Bible said, he was a devout man. He was giving and praying. And then God sent an angel and said, your prayer and givings have come up as a memorial. He had fulfilled that scripture. Amen. He had laid up treasures in heaven. Some people are rich in the flesh, but poor spiritually. That means they don't have treasures they can call upon spiritually. Amen? So, I came here because I want to show you how to give. But I just read what Jesus said. Now, Jesus was still talking about giving. If you read further, he, he still talked more about giving and entered chapter 7, uh, came back to ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and shall be opened unto you, you know, and all that. Now, he talked about how, he said, when you are bringing your gift to the altar, amen, what you call offering today, when you're bringing your gift to the altar, it was called a gift to God. The offering is referred to as a gift to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Did you hear me? A gift to God. Now, in, you know, the, the, um, we practice what you call a Judeo-Christian faith. Amen? I hope you know that. What it means is that our faith emanates from the practice of the Jews. Are you understanding me? So, you cannot separate what they were doing from what we do. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? Now, when they go to see somebody important or of value, they take gifts with them and present. It was a normal practice. Cultures might have changed over the while, but in the kingdom, the honor is still as primitive as it should be then. Amen. You cannot modernize honor. Are you understanding me? Glory to God. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, when Jesus was born, the Bible says wise men from the east came and presented gifts. Jesus, from when he was born, was receiving gifts until today is receiving gifts. You came with a gift today for Jesus. Amen. You had better come with a gift. Amen. Glory to God. Because he's the king. Amen. The king of kings. That's why even in the Bible they will tell you that when she, Queen of Sheba came to see King Solomon, she came with gifts. They didn't ever come to see a king without gifts. Are you understanding me? The gift is not because the king is in need. It shows that you, honor, you had him in heart. You honor him. Am I communicating? Now, that's the foundation on which offerings are given. Amen. Are you listening to me? So the offering is an act of worship. It's not 
a dropping. <laughs> drop something, drop something, everybody drop something. It's not a dropping. No. It's an act of worship. Glory to God. To the one that you live for. Glory to God. So Jesus said, when you bring your gift to the altar, if a brother has oath against thee, now, let me use an illustration here. Let's assume that this is your gift. And you are dancing and bringing it to the altar. And dancing as we do in Africa. You understand that? You are dancing and bringing it to the altar. And then, you now remember, ah! He didn't say if you have something against your brother. He said your brother has something against you. Now I'll tell you what that means. He said, leave your gift on the altar. Go and settle with your brother. Amen. Sir, you were, yesterday you were not happy with me. You know, Sorry, uh, what did I do? I apologize. Let it be. Okay, thank you. You are free. Then I go back to the altar. There are two, language, two things I want you to see there. And then I take the gift and offer it. Amen. And I offer it. Glory to God. You take your book there. Alright. Uh, offer it. <laughs> I've offered it. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So you take your gift and you offer it. <laughs> are we together? That means that bringing it to the altar and offering it are two different things. There are many of you that bring your gifts to the altar, but you don't offer it. Amen. Are you understanding me? And it's called an offering. Something that was offered. So, there are two or three things I will say about giving. Number one, your heart must be in your giving. That's why I said, if your brother has fought against you, your heart must be in your giving. You know, Paul was telling them, he said, look, God loves a cheerful giver. The Amplified Version says that God loves a prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. Amen. So your heart must be in your giving. You don't do it absent manually. That's why, okay, th- thank you for giving me the scripture. Just, let me just read that Matthew 5 for you. Go up a bit. To, let's start from 22. No, 23. Thank you. Therefore, if you bring thy gifts to the altar, and there remembrest that thy brother had ought against thee, you remember. That's the thought that came to your mind. He said what? Leave there your gift before the altar. I just demonstrated it now. And go your way and first be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Amen. Are you seeing that? Praise God. Now, how does that apply in the New Testament? Let me explain something to you. You see, someone asked me, what hinders a believer the most? Is it sin? Is it ignorance? And I said, for want of the right word, I'll just say, Negative emotions. What does that mean? It means many things. It means that you are bitter in your heart about something. You are angry about something. 
Even the people of the world know that negative emotions hinder you in different ways. It has nothing to do with God stopping you. It's you stopping you. Amen. So, what this scripture was dealing with was that when you are coming to give, let your heart be free. Amen. Are you understanding me? Let your heart be free. And how we get our heart to be free is in prayer. Are you understanding me? In the New Testament, it's in prayer. Father, in the ne- as I'm coming out to give, I've prayed. How many times do you give offerings that you didn't even pray about? You might even be on call. Hello, hello. Oh, offering times. Okay. Ah, where is that offering I kept? Uh, uh, juice. Hey, just, uh, which one did I put? Is it the 1,000 naira or the 100 naira note I put? I cannot remember. <laughs> Stop giving like that. Amen. Stop giving like that. Prepare your giving before you come. When you come in for the service, set your heart on what you want to give. When we, it might be three minutes or two minutes we prayed. Pray. Pray about what you're offering to Him. Are we together? And then do it right. Whether it's a wire transfer, whether it's a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, POS, whatever, it doesn't matter. Pray. That's number one. Your heart is free. Hallelujah. Your heart is free. That heart thing is a big deal. Tap in the way it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Heart is free. The second thing. When in the Old Testament they brought their tithes you know, to the priest, then the priest will tell them to make some confessions. Not confession of sin, no. I mean confession of what God has done for them, like testimony. Are you understanding? So they will say, I'm bringing this tithe to honor the one that brought our fathers out of Egypt. Amen. And brought us into the promised land. That means that when you are giving your offerings, you will make declarations. Amen. Are we together? Father, I sow my seed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you. Now, there is no time you thank the Lord for forgiving you your sin that the thanksgiving does not register. Amen. So where do we start thanking God for? When I thank you, I say, Father, I thank you for saving me. Amen. Thank you for washing me in your blood. Thank you for filling me with your spirit. Are you understanding me? That's where I start. So when you are giving your tithes on offerings, you, it should be accompanied with a, a, a declaration, a proclamation. When you are honoring him with your tithes, you say, Father, I declare that what I am offering as tithes, you are the one that gave it to me. Amen. Out of what you have blessed me, I am bringing to you. Your mind is in what you are doing. Are you listening to me? So, I've talked about communion. I've talked about giving. And what I focused on here is remember. Everybody say remember. That you do it remembering, glory to God, the right things that you should remember. So we're going to take 15 minutes now and pray. And then I'll come back. And we'll enter the next thing. Amen. Did this help anybody? Rise on your feet everywhere. We're going to pray about what we heard. Now, when we pray like this, some of the things you heard is when you spend time praying that they settle in your spirit. Sometimes you hear messages, you never get to pray about them. Alright? You, you hear messages, you never get to pray about them. Now, as we pray, those things will register. Glory to God. In your hearts. 
Collect your bag, your book from your the offering. Amen. We'll just begin by thanking God for what we have heard. You know, a lot has been said this morning, putting us in remembrance of things that we had heard before now. But we'll just lift up our voices and say, Father, thank you for reminding me of these truths. Thank you for reminding me of how to take communion, what communion is all about, what it signifies, and how to go about taking communion. Thank you for teaching me and reminding me again about offerings, givings, how to go about my givings. Can we just lift up our voices and say thank you to him right now? Let's just thank him for all that he has reminded you of this morning. More are coming. We have more still to come. But for the ones that we have heard, we'll just lift up our voices and say, Thank you, Lord, for putting me in remembrance of these things. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. If you are in that position where you have been taking communion unworthily, you've been taking it in a way and in a manner that it's not right, you can say, Lord, have mercy. I did it ignorantly. I didn't know better. But now I know. I'm making a turnaround. I'm going to do it better from now henceforth. Open your mouth and talk to the Father. Relate with Him from the depths of your heart and say, Lord, you have taught me. Just, Lord, help me to keep doing it the right way. We are no more going to eat communion unworthily. Father, I thank you for understanding. I thank you, O oh God, for the revelation of your body. I thank you, O oh God, because health and wholeness belongs to me. As I eat this communion worthily, I stand healed. I stand whole in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can begin to pray concerning communion. Maybe you are here this morning and you have health challenges. You will bring that health challenge to the communion table. As you come to partake of the communion, you will summon that health challenge. And you declare, as I'm partaking of the body of our Lord Jesus, I'm declaring wholeness over my body. Listen to me, sickness has no rights. Based on what you have heard this morning, we know sickness has no rights. Address every health issue in your body right now. Any discomfort you are feeling anything that is not the will of God concerning you. This morning you will partake of the communion worthily and that story will be in the past forever. Lift up your voices and begin to pray. Bring before the Lord this morning that health challenge. As I partake as I partake of the body I declare wholeness. I declare wholeness. I declare wholeness. From the crown of my head to the sole of my feet I declare wholeness. My skin is whole. My body is whole. My blood this whole I don't know what the doctors have said to you but hear ye the Lord this morning there is a higher verdict concerning you there is a higher verdict concerning you that the blood of Jesus has made you whole lift up your voices and begin to pray concerning that issue that health challenge maybe in your body in your health wherever it is your eyes your legs your skin your blood open your mouth and begin to declare the blood of Jesus Jesus is available for us. The body of Jesus has been broken to make me whole. I'm walking in wholeness. I'm leaving this service whole today. I'm leaving this service whole today. La brada hasiyadaba. Mende ekledozo kopotohiya. Lateke paruziata adehiya. Pastor made a statement. He said, communion is God's health plan for the church. 
is God's health plan. So today you are going to understand that, you know, you, because you've understood it, you will pray without understanding. It's God's health plan. And you are a partaker of that health plan. You are a partaker. Lord, we partake of your health plan. We are not just praying for whatever it is that is there plaguing you, but you are also declaring from this point henceforth, I walk in wholeness. From this point henceforth, no more sickness in my body. From now henceforth, every pain is gone. Lord, I declare wholeness forever. Make declarations. From now henceforth, I partake of the communion daily and regularly. Therefore, wholeness is settled. I refuse every form of sickness approaching. Anything flying in the air approaching. It has no weight. It has no space in me. My blood cannot accommodate it. We give you praise. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Still speaking about the communion we have been taught. That the blood is for redemption. It cleanses us. It washes us. Today you will open your mouth and you declare, My sins have been forgiven. My sins, Lord, I come worthily. I come with confidence. I come boldly. Declaring my sins have been forgiven. And you lift up your voices and say, Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me my sins. I stand worthy before you, Lord. We are not coming and saying, Oh, we are not worthy. We are not worthy. No, we are worthy. We are worthy partakers. And we are confident in Christ Jesus. Lift up your voices and thank Him for salvation. Thank Him for forgiveness of sins. It has been done. It has been settled. It has been settled. 2,000 years ago, it was settled on our behalf. Our sins have been forgiven. Oh Lord, I thank you for my sins have been forgiven. Past, present and future, it has been forgiven. We, Masusiatalaga, there is therefore now no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. If you came here with any feeling of condemnation in your heart, you will lay it at the altar right now. Scripture says there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, you are free. You are free. You are no more in bondage. Therefore, declare today, I am free. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not under condemnation. God is not angry with me. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I am accepted in His beloved. I can 
lift up my voice and call you Abba Father. Hey, Lord, your blood has qualified me. Your blood has qualified me to be a recipient of miracles today. I'm qualified by the blood of Jesus. I'm qualified for goodness. I'm qualified, oh God, for favors. I'm qualified, oh God, for every good thing. For greatness, I'm qualified. Because of the blood that was shed. Oh, Marabatusiata. Every day I take the communion. I'm reminded of the qualification that the blood of Jesus has given to me. Begin to pray and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I will not lose consciousness of this truth. I will not lose consciousness of this truth. Oh, that your blood qualifies me. Every day I keep myself in remembrance of the qualification that your blood has given to me. In you I live, Lord. In you I move. In you I have my being. Thank you, Jesus. I have access to every great thing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We were also taught about how to give. It's not just what we are giving alone, but the attitude to giving. He said, if you know, you, you have your offering, and then you remember that someone has an ought against you. Understand, it's not you having against them, but both ways you settle it. Hallelujah. We're going to just take our time to settle any grievance in our hearts. We'll just take our time to settle our hearts. Pastor called it negative emotions. We don't need negative emotions. So if you're here this morning, you, you need to first search your heart. Sometimes, you, you know, there, there are times where we say, not, you know, I've forgiven them, or not, you know, I'm not even thinking about it, I'm okay, but you are not okay. But you search your heart, you are not okay. So you will pray this morning and say, Lord, scan my heart. In any way, I'm not okay. Whoever I'm not okay with, Lord, bring it to my remembrance. Because you might just be feeling like, ah, no, I've forgiven the person. But that person appears and something negative just stirs up in your heart. This morning you will settle everything. Hallelujah. Whether you are conscious, you are not conscious, whether they know it or they don't know it, it's for your own sake. That your offerings may be accepted. And the blessing, the open blessing that comes from your giving, you will receive it. Hallelujah. Lift up your voices and pray that prayer. Whatever it is, whoever it is, today you will say, I forgive. I let go. If it's someone you offended, ask the Lord for mercy. And let the Lord heal the heart of the person. It's for you. Open your mouth and pray this morning. Let go of every negative emotion. Whatever it is. If you cannot place your hands on it, you don't know exactly what to say, you can pray in the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of God will go ahead of you and heal every wound. Masuke we get rid of negative emotions. We rid ourselves 
ourselves of every negativity, Lord. Every root of bitterness. Every pain, every sorrow. Open yourself to the Holy Ghost this morning. Open up yourself for healing this morning. Open up yourself for restoration this morning. This might just be the reason why you came today. Begin to declare, I let go in the name of Jesus. Begin to declare, I forgive in the name of Jesus. Begin to declare, I release in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter how long it has been. It doesn't matter who it is. Begin to let go right now. I can love. I can forgive. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. Begin to receive his help. Begin to receive his help. If God is giving you instructions, receive it right now. He might be telling you what to do. Receive his help. Receive his help. Receive his help. You cannot do it on your own. Receive his help. Receive that healing. Lord, you are our balm in Gilead, the rose of Sharon, Radosataya, a peace in the midst of the storm. Oh, Sikhetehia Badosataha, Rado Le Matali Badosaza. Don't bother about it if they deserve it or not. Don't bother about it if they deserve it or not. Oh, Masusia Talaga, just let it go. Make a paratahisia da Habaha. Legredosokotohia. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Just lift up those hands towards heaven. You are the balm of Gilead. You are the rose of Sharon. You are my peace in 
Please be seated. Glory to God. Alright, we'll continue. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I mentioned something about negative emotions. And um, it's very important that that is sorted out. Um, if you are someone that always allows your heart to be clouded with negative emotions, you limit the speed of progress in your life. Amen. Alright, so um, I also want to just touch on something that's maybe a little doctrinal. Then we'll enter the next things. Because sometimes in our, when we're praying and when we're making statements, we might unconsciously say things that are not New Testament. Amen. Alright? So I want to clear something there because when I talked about leave your gift on the altar and so and go and talk to your brother, it's not saying that that's what you should do. Amen. Are you with me? That's the practice the Jews carried out. But now, application for us is free your hearts. Amen. Are you understanding me? That's application. Sometimes the freeing of your heart might require that you go and meet the brother. Amen. Or you go and meet the person. But the bottom line for us is free your heart. And I've told you how you settle those things is in prayer. Glory to God. And when you pray, instruction will come to you that is specific. Alright? Now, that's what it means when the Bible says, I will write my laws in your heart. In the Jewish practice, they had the law written for everybody. But now, in the New Testament, how you will apply, it will come to you. Amen. Are you listening to me? The Holy Ghost will lead you. Now, 
I might be offended about something, and then I'm praying, and the Spirit of God will tell me to sow a seed. Are you with me? He might not tell you to sow a seed, he might tell you to go and apologize. Are you understanding me? So, it's what the Holy Ghost has written in your own heart for that matter. That is your liberation. Amen. Did you get that? Alright, then there was a statement she made. I just want to correct that, you know, if I feel some of you misunderstand it. God will not reject your offering. There's nothing about you God will reject. Get it? Now, understand something. We have, the Bible calls us the accepted in the beloved. Hear me very well. Say, I am the accepted. Go to Ephesians 1. Um, put, let's start reading from verse 4. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be what? Holy and without blame before him in love. Next verse. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Next, I'm going somewhere. Now, this is the way I'm going to. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein, by which, his grace by which he had made us, what? Accepted in the beloved. So, the difference between you and the Jew. The Jew has to do something to be accepted. Jesus has done everything for you to be accepted. You have been accepted. That's why you can come boldly, amen, to the throne of grace. And you will never be rejected. You have been accepted, never to be rejected. So it's not an issue of acceptance. Let me tell you what the issue is. It's an issue of you receiving what the sacrifice has done for you. That's where the negative emotions hinders. Amen. Are you getting the picture? Alright. So it's not about you being accepted. You have been accepted. But now that we're accepted... For us to take, that's why the story of the um, loving father, what you call the story of the prodigal son, in Luke 15, is very important. Both of them are accepted. Both of them are children of the same father. One did not take, and could not still take because of a wrong heart. Are you understanding me? Are you listening to me? The father did not reject him. Praise God. But what happened? He stood outside the house. Why don't you want to come in? I'm not entering the house. See, my brother now went and wasted all this. You now gave him this in me. You didn't give me. The father said, Ah, is it kilo and kilo? Which one you did? Amen. Are you understanding me? What, what are you talking about? Everything I have is your own. Amen. You are the one that didn't take. Now, let me tell you one thing you can never cheat your spirit, your heart. Amen. You can deceive your mind. You can't deceive your heart. If there is something negative, it hinders you from receiving certain things. It doesn't hinder God from being your father. God will always be your father. Are you understanding me? It's about the receiving. Everybody says it's about the receiving. That's the point. So I want that to be very clear in your doctrinal understanding. Are we together? Very clear. Where negative emotions come in. So how... Um, person that was talking about scanning. How we scan? What the scan <laughs> that shows is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. So let's look at Hebrews 4 12. Let me just show you how the scanning happens, okay? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It said, now it's talking about 
Now, there are two words for word of God in the Bible. One is Logos, one is Rema. This is talking about Logos. So he said, for the word of God is quick and powerful. Then it says, sharper than any two-edged sword. He's talking about the precision of God's word. Piercing even to the dividing and son of soul and spirit and of joints and marrows and marrow. And, is that last part I want to focus on? Let's read that last part together. I want to go. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So anytime you sit under God's word, it scans. It's when you hear the word, you will know that something was wrong. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's when you hear God's word. That's why anytime somebody is bitter, and then he's not going to church, he's not listening to message, he's double, double loss. Amen. Are you understanding me? He's <laughs> heap up on heap of problem. Are you with me? But when you, when something is wrong, I, I, I think it was yesterday in the meeting, I was talking about how the word of God is medicinal. That when you are not feeling well spiritually, the place to go is where the word is taught. Hallelujah. The word is the only thing that can cure loss of appetite in the spirit, amen, or any other spiritual issue. So here, when you sit under God, so as a message is coming, you might not even know that you are envious of somebody until God's word is taught. Then it shows. Are you understanding me? The intent and the, and the thought of your heart. Sometimes you don't even know, you know, listen, humans are rational beings. There's nothing you do that doesn't have a reason. Even when you say, no, nothing. There's a reason. Are you understanding me? There's nothing you do that doesn't have a reason. There's always a motivation behind every action, every man. The reason why you are sitting there, there's a reason. It's either the person that ushered you, ushered you that way. Are you understanding me? Or you wanted to sit. Are you understanding me? If you check, there's a reason. There's a reason why you come to this church. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Alright? The issue is that sometimes you try to tell yourself something else. But the reason, it doesn't change the fact that there's a reason. So, if the reasons are wrong, when you hear God's word, it helps you correct the reasons. Amen. You know, there are some guys that came to church because they followed the girl to church. You know that. They're just like, ah, anything she wants, I'll just follow her to church. They, say, they just say, Tapa, I'm here. <laughs> are you understanding me? So that's the reason he came to church. That's why he's coming to realize us. Then there are some guys that came here because they're hoping that the guy will marry them. Are you understanding me? Yeah, different reasons. But now, as you are hearing God's word every day, God starts correcting your wrong reasons. Amen. Are you listening to me? And making you replace them with the right motivations. You can give for the wrong reason. You can pray for the wrong reason. That means you can do the right thing for the wrong reason. Are we together? So, but, um, someone say, it's, it's better that at least you attempt it. Then the Spirit of God will help you, as words are coming and messages are coming, it will help you correct the reasons if they are wrong. Hallelujah. And I say, no, don't do it like this. Do it like this. This is the reason why. In the scriptures, we're told about what happened in the book of Acts chapter 8, where they were laying hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost. Peter and the other folks were laying hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost. Then there was this guy, Simon the sorcerer, that had received Christ and saw that they were laying hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost. The guy was a former magician. Are you understanding me? He was a former magician. Alright? A former magician in the town. So, he said, man, I've not seen this type before. In our computer, I said, how much? <laughs> you understand? I say, um, I want to buy this thing. Are you understanding me? This thing that you are doing, I want to buy it. Alright? So, uh, give it to me. Now, Peter 
was so <laughs> Peter was so harsh. He didn't even consider that the guy just got born again. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Say your money perished with you. Are you understanding me? And the guy was shocked. So he put him right. He said, your heart is not right. You have no lot in this matter. That means that you cannot partake because your heart is not right. That means that your heart not being right can hinder you from receiving what belongs to you. Amen. Are we together? But you are not rejected and nothing will make God reject you. Amen. Are you listening to me? So get that clear. I just want to establish that and then we'll move on. Now, um, I want to move on to something else. We're going to spend some time praying. Some of you here have never really taken time to pray scriptural prayers. Because most of the time, some people don't know what to pray. If you hear the prayers of people, you know that, <laughs> okay, they've not understood something yet. Oh God, give me the money now. Oh God, let the man release it to me. Oh God, let this, this is happen. I want to blow this year. Those are the typical prayers that people pray. But let me explain something to you. It's just like somebody having a skin infection. And if there's a skin infection, likely is, except for some, all right, is something in the blood. Are you understanding me? You can apply cream on it and try to deal with. Okay, let's use cough, for example. Someone is coughing, all right? And you are giving him cough syrup. Then the doctor will say, Did it go? He says, No. Then he says, Give him antibiotics. But there are doctors here. Pharmac- yes, yeah? You, antibiotics, right? Good. What the antibiotics dealing with what's inside? Am I complicated? Good. The prayers you are praying are like taking cough syrup for something that only antibiotic, amen, can kill. Are you understanding me? Good. But now the antibiotic prayers are the Pauline prayers. Amen. Are you understanding me? Uh-huh. So that's the prayer we're going to pray today. And then the cough that you are using syrup. We stop. Amen. You get what I'm saying? So, in the writings of Paul, he helped the believers see the real deep prayer. He said, we want to pray some deep prayers. He said, what are you praying? Ah, hey, hey, hey. All the witches. We want to kill them. Is that what is deep prayer? That's not a deep prayer. It's a shallow prayer. It's a shallow prayer. All my enemies must die. Listen, there is a mandate on the church. The mandate is in Psalm 110. It's a mandate to rule when your enemies will see. It's a mandate. You know, one of the mandates God gave to man was to subdue. To subdue means that they will be there. You will exercise dominion over them and they can't do anything about it. Are you listening to me? Someone asked me that. Is it that some people, some people die anyway? Are you understanding me? Some people have to. You understand that? So it's not like. So who are the people 
you don't kill somebody because he's, you have a personal issue with him. The only person or persons that were prayed for concerning maybe death or so were those that hindered the gospel or the church. Are you understanding me? You don't say, oh, because you are someone dragging business, you kill him. Amen. And can you kill him? Yes, you can, but you are wrong. Amen. You are wrong. You are using what God has given you the wrong way. Am I communicating? Yeah. So, let us follow that. So, I'm going to show you a few scriptures, then we'll build. Let's start with Matthew 21, verse 13. In Matthew 21, 13, it was showing us something about what the church is supposed to do. Let's read together. I want to go. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. That means that you have substituted. Jesus was saying this when they were selling in the temple. All right, He said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. Why? Um, the scripture he was quoting from is the Old Testament scripture. What he said in that scripture was that it shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Amen. For all nations. That means that the place that sets spiritual policy for the city, for the nation, is the church. Amen. Are we together? That means we stay here and decide what will happen in our city. What will happen in our communities. That's what the church is supposed to do. That's our role. So, there are many things that are going on that we've not really taken responsibility for. We've not done anything about it and that's why it will persist. Okay? So, today, we're going to stand as a house of prayer. Amen. So, the first thing we're going to pray about is that our prayer responsibility as a church will not be neglected. Hallelujah. Alright? Your prayer responsibility will not be neglected. As a church, we owe this community prayer. We owe our city prayer. We owe our nation prayer. Alright? So that this responsibility of prayer will not be neglected. So as we rise, we're going to take that prayer point and we'll sit. Are you ready? Rise to your feet. Amen. And pray that Renaissance Assembly and you yourself will be and function as a house of prayer. That that prayer responsibility will not be neglected by us. Open your mouth and pray that prayer. Open your mouth and pray that prayer. Open your mouth and pray that prayer. Marakate melejuke prato maleja. Le krisa amando pratiketize. Jopreduka pate leba akatea. This house is a house of prayer for all nations. Lebrande ke paruska patea. We set policy from here concerning the community, concerning our city, concerning our nation. Maloba rikatea, concerning our generation. Reba kobre, rike zike tapaloske. Jobende zolebrondo bragadi katea. Joplata ke reba akato baruska patea. Lemando bareketea. Every fellowship within the church, every church chapter, we stand in the gap and we declare. 
declare that the prayer responsibility will never be neglected in our midst. By the workings of your spirit, you have brought us to remembrance of these things and we stay in remembrance of them by the help of the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Lift your right hand and say, In the name of the Lord Jesus, we declare that this house is a house of prayer for this community, for this city, for this nation, and for this generation. In this house, the responsibility of prayer will never be neglected. Today, we enroll to function as a house of prayer. My family will function as a house of prayer. In the name of Jesus. And let me say aloud, Amen. Amen. Sit down. Luke 22. Verse 31. In Luke 22, verse 31, Jesus was talking about Simon. Simon Peter. Simon did not know what was coming, but Jesus, by spiritual intimation, knew what was coming. And so he was communicating to Simon. Simon was like, eh? He didn't really accept that such a thing would happen. They had a conversation before now. So Jesus said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan, <laughs> Satan, had desired, so Satan has desires, Amen, to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. That means he will take the substance out of you, Amen. You'll be like chaff. <laughs> He said that he may sift you as with. Next verse. Jesus said, verse 32, But I have prayed for thee that your faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Amen. That means the only way to avert Satan's plans is by prayer. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't say, don't worry, it won't happen. No, he said, I have prayed. I have prayed. There's a scripture, you will open for me. Uh, you open Matthew, the, the one in Matthew should be Matthew 3, um, and the one in Luke. The two prayers are about when the heavens open for Jesus. So just get it for me, I'm, I'm coming there. Now, you, Satan had desired to sift you. He said, but I have prayed. That your faith fail not. That means that there are many things that can be averted in the lives of brethren if somebody will pray for them. Glory to God. Are we together? If somebody will pray for them. He said that their faith fail not. Because Satan had desired to have them and to seize them as with. Now, we might not have a specific person in mind 
that you say, oh, I know Satan wants to, so I'm spending time praying for this person. But God uses us sometimes to help people, you know. Bishop David Rickman was sharing a story, a very touching one recently. It was December last year, before their, I think, was it before their program or so. He had traveled to Israel, uh, was traveling to Israel on the, on the plane, on their ministry plane. And before he traveled that morning, 6 a.m., Pastor Enoch Adeboye, the um, pastor of uh, Reading Christian Church of God, came to his house. 6 a.m. in the morning. Ah, what happened? He said, he just came to pray with him. And he prayed with him and left. Only for them to take off. And I think it was when they were returning. The engines of the, and that plane is a new one, they all ceased. Of course, you say it's a demonic attack. But you know what God had done? God had sent help before the problem came. So, when we pray like this, what happens is that God sends help before the problem shows? Are we together? If many of God's children will pray like that, there are many crises or crisis situations that will be averted. So today we're going to rise up. Amen. We're going to pray for two categories of people. The first category are those that just received Jesus Christ in our midst this year. Amen. Then the second category are those in church that are struggling. Amen. In their, in their, in their faith. There are some people that are just struggling. They're just there, just struggling. Everybody's, other people are making advancements, growing. They're struggling. They're struggling. They're struggling. Alright? It says, we that are strong, let's bear with the infirmities of the weak. Alright? So, the first set of people we're going to pray for are those that just got born again in our midst. We'll pray that Christ be formed in them. Hallelujah. Alright? And then the second category, I'll tell you when, is to pray for those in our midst that are struggling in their faith. After we pray for them, I will show you something. Alright? Are you ready? Let's rise to our feet now. Let's open our mouths and pray. You might not know all their names, but just stand in the gap for them, for those that got born again this year or recently in church. Hallelujah. Let's stand in the gap and pray for them that they be strengthened, that they be strengthened, that Christ will be formed in them. Pray for their growth. Pray that this, the, the knowledge and the wisdom to live above temptations will be at work in them, will be available to them. Pray for those that just received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Everyone in our midst that just received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we stand in the gap in the name of Jesus. Our prayer and our desire for everyone is that Christ be formed in them. Wherever they are, whether they are in this hall or at home or somewhere else, we pray for them to be strengthened. We ask that you strengthen them with might. We ask that you enable them to stand strong in their faith in the name of Jesus. We avert any crisis. We avert any weakness. We avert any failing of their faith. Rebakatale, mezuke pratosa, melebande ekezikle bando loboso brigadia, le maroke pate, leba akate zeliba, jomende ekleto bredo so brigadia, remando brigadia. 
name of Jesus. Lift your hand with me, say in the name of Jesus. We stand in the gap for everyone that just received Jesus Christ. We pray for them that Christ be formed in them. We stand in the gap. We ask for strength against every crisis that will come against them. We pray for wisdom to live above the temptations that they will meet. We declare they are sustained in the name of Jesus. Amen. The second category are those that are struggling in our midst. It could be out of ignorance, it could be out of stubbornness, it could be out of whatever. But they are struggling. Amen. We are praying for them. Hallelujah. So we're going to stand in the gap. If you have friends you know that are struggling, you can mention them while you're praying. And we're going to stand in the gap for them to be strengthened. Amen. For the Spirit of God to help them. And for them to yield to what the Spirit of God wants to do in their lives. Amen. Some people are like Jacob. They are wrestling with God. Are you understanding me? They are wrestling with God. They are wrestling with God. You know. So, let's stand in the gap for them and pray. That it could be different cases for different people, but the prayer goes a long way. So, stand in the gap for them now and pray for them that their faith will not be weakened. Amen. That they will not be distracted. That Christ also will be formed in them. You know, they will grow out of that place of immaturity. That place of immaturity, they will grow out of it. They will grow out of it. Stand in the gap for them. Anyone in our midst, born again, but struggling in their faith, struggling in their work with God, struggling in their service, struggling to be all that God has ordained for them to be, we stand in the gap for them. Liba akate meruzia pleti kata zelebrade keteze. Mande eketize liba akate zelie rono bregadosko. Riba kata yemanto preduske pletozo. Jopleti kata labando. Maybe you are even the one that is struggling. Pray for yourself too. You are even the one struggling. Riba akata zelebrade keteze lebrando zobride. Marakata no more struggling. No more struggling. Riba hakate bradoske. Moroso bregadia palose. We pray for an eternal strengthening from a strengthening from within. We pray for Christ to be formed in that brother. For Christ to be formed in that sister. That their faith will not be weakened. Let the knowledge, the knowledge that is required, the yieldedness that is required, received right now. Let it be received right now. We lift them by the Spirit of God above their struggles. We lift them above their challenges. We lift them above their scruples. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Reba kataya bandoze. Le bande ekezike parosa paya. Marakataya bando. Jepreti alabaso predia kateske. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Say with me in the name of the Lord Jesus. We present to you those that are weak and struggling in our midst. Our prayer for them is that they be strengthened with might by your spirit in their inner man. We lift them 
by the Spirit of God. Above their struggles. Above their weaknesses. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sit down. Amen. Ephesians 1 verse 16. So now I'm showing you the prayer for yourself. Alright? What you call the deep prayers. Antibiotic prayers. Amen. Paul was talking to the Ephesian church. He said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So these are his prayers, Paul's prayers. We saw the prayers Paul prayed now for the church that made the church what it was. Hallelujah. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Amen. Ever say the spirit of wisdom. Then he said, and, that means he's talking about his second thing now. And revelation in the knowledge of him. Some people have revelation in another thing, not in the knowledge of him. So, the first thing is that he may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Now, what is that spirit of wisdom? It's different from revelation in the knowledge of him. What's the spirit of wisdom? The spirit of wisdom is not something new. It's not something Paul just discovered, um, just discovered and said talking about. It's something that had been long, long, long before even Paul was born. Hallelujah. It's a functioning, a manifestation of the spirit in the life of a man. In Isaiah 11, it talked about the Messiah. And he said in the second verse, he said, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, and counsel and might, and the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Seven, if you count them, there are seven. So, what Paul was praying for the Ephesian church is that the Spirit of wisdom, hallelujah, will be functioning in their midst. Amen. Are we together? We see spirit of wisdom again in the life of Moses and Joshua. In Deuteronomy 34, um, pick up verse 9 or thereabouts, you know. The last chapter of Deuteronomy, yeah. Thank you. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of what? Of the spirit of wisdom. Why? For Moses had laid his hand. That means Moses had it. Amen. Let me tell you what that spirit of wisdom is. It means that all the people that function with that spirit of wisdom had leadership roles they had to play. Amen. They had to lead a lot of people at the same time. How Moses was able to mobilize, organize about two million people to migrate from Egypt into the wilderness. It had to be the spirit of wisdom. Amen. Are we together? It had to be the spirit of wisdom. So now Joshua was to function again in that office. And Moses said, hey, 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 you need something. Amen. So I'm going to transfer that something. Amen. That will help you function in this role. And he, when he laid hands on him, what we saw was transferred was what? The spirit of wisdom. Amen. 
So that's the first prayer point we're going to pray. Amen. For the manifestation of the spirit of wisdom in your personal life. and your If you are a leader, you are a cell leader, you are not functioning the spirit of wisdom, it will show. Listen, there's, there's natural ability and there is supernatural ability. Amen. Are you understanding me? There's supernatural ability. There's supernatural ability. So, he said that he may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Now, the um, literal translation says that he will grant you access to function in the spirit of wisdom. It was not talking like the spirit is coming from heaven. Amen. Alright? That you will be enabled to function with that spirit of wisdom. That means there will be a manifestation of the spirit of wisdom in the things you are doing. You need it in your business too. Amen. You need it in every responsibility you carry out. That spirit of wisdom. Are you ready for that prayer now? Let's rise and pray that prayer. Amen. Pray for yourself. You will see, when the spirit of wisdom is functioning, everywhere, you are a housekeeper, you are an usher, technical, you will see how everything will be different. Amen. That is the spirit of wisdom. Is the spirit of wisdom. Open your mouth and pray that prayer. Lord, grant me the spirit of wisdom. Let there be a manifestation of the spirit of wisdom in everything that I do. In my responsibility in church, in my responsibility in my office, in how I run my home, my family, my business. This year, the spirit of wisdom. Grant me access to function with that spirit of wisdom. Barakate zunde labazo mele zubrediske. Rabako mele zupretu zebrediske plediske. Lege barakate zoprado kapayija. Rabaki le bazo melezi. Joprati labakoze. Ramanto bleke zige zige zozo. Jopletu saprate abaroske. Lamanda aye brodos brigadia telezo. Ramanto brezize bloso brigadi. Labako balose brigadia talesha. Lapato melebos brigadia teleske. Lako baloske, the spirit of wisdom. At work in this church, in GRA chapter, in this church, the spirit of wisdom at work. Le barakato mele sobre disque. Mande zike proto sobre disque. Le bon sobre gede sobre disque pozo. Jataliba aketo sobre gede sobre disque. La barakata ya balon sobre gede sobre gede. Rabako baroske pretiske pletia la ayese. Jobre zukata le bazoya. The endeavors in your hand will not fail. The endeavors given to you will not fail. The assignments you carry out, they are delivered with excellence. That's the spirit of wisdom at work. They don't engage you and you fail. No. They don't engage you and you don't deliver. No. No, no, no. The spirit of wisdom at work in your endeavors. It makes you have what we call the Midas touch. You have the Midas touch. Anything you touch, it turns to gold. Anything you touch, it turns to gold. It comes out right because of the spirit of wisdom. In every fellowship in church, in every cell in church, the spirit of wisdom, let there be a wind of that move of the spirit of wisdom in our midst. Functioning in marriages, husbands are functioning with the spirit of wisdom, leaders are functioning with the spirit of wisdom, 
Wives are, minister, are functioning with the spirit of wisdom. Students are functioning with the spirit of wisdom. In your place of work, whether you are an employee or the employer, you are functioning with the spirit of wisdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift your hands say, in the name of Jesus. Lord, grant me access to function with the spirit of wisdom. From this day and forward, in all my endeavors, let there be manifestations of the spirit of wisdom. I believe I receive in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Be seated. Glory to God. That's very important. And you see that suddenly certain things are happening because the spirit of wisdom is at work. Glory to God. How come? How are we able to do this? It's the spirit of wisdom. Amen. We continue with the prayer. We're in Ephesians 1.17. It says, And revelation in the knowledge of him. And revelation in the knowledge of him. Revelation there is Unveiling, apocalypsis, is an opening. It means that the thing is in existence. I think when we had the Friends Sunday, we had the um, banners for the logos here. They used the cloth to cover it. Alright? And then when it was time, we opened it. That's apocalypsis. Amen? We opened it. That's unveiling. So the Bible is saying that when it comes to the knowledge of Christ... It will open to you. Amen. Are we together? It will open to you. You may have knowledge of your profession. You may have knowledge of your career. You may even have knowledge of things or people. But there is a knowledge of Christ. Amen. That you are praying for it to open to you. The knowledge of Him is very important. Very important. I heard somebody talking. There's a difference between being gifted and having a relationship with God. There are two different things. Alright? I've heard someone, someone made a statement one time. I was watching. And they said, ah, look at that guy. Look at what he said. I said, he doesn't know God. He said, but he's a minister. He said, he doesn't know God. Amen. It's not every minister that knows God. Okay, maybe you didn't hear me well. I said, it's not every preacher that knows God. It, to be a you don't have to know God to be a preacher. Do you hear me? You don't have to know. The, the preaching is a gift. It's a gift. So anytime 
Let me give you an instance. Let me explain what I mean by a gift now. When Jesus was entering Jerusalem, he used the donkey eh, to enter Jerusalem. Does the donkey know God? Jesus sat on the donkey. Are you understanding me? It's a donkey that no other person had used. Jesus sat on the donkey. And the donkey carried people, carried Jesus into the place. Other donkeys say, hey, hey, hey. From that day, the donkey was respected. The donkey that carried Jesus. <laughs> but if you meet the donkey, do you know Jesus? He doesn't know Jesus. Amen. It was only used by Jesus. Are you understanding me? So there are many donkeys on television and on radio. Amen. Carrying Jesus. But they don't know him. Amen. Are you listening to me? So I want you to get that very clear. So, you can be used of God. I give, you know, there are two cases of donkeys. What about Balaam? The prophet Balaam. In the Old Testament. You find that story in Numbers. The book of Numbers. He was riding his donkey. And an angel... He was going where God didn't want him to go. And God had told him initially not to go. He was bargaining with, bargaining with God. Well, let me go now, God. Now leave it now. Let me go. Let me go. And he was on his way. An angel was with a sword. So to speak, to even slay him. And the donkey was the one that saw the angel. And stopped. And the donkey spoke. So God used the donkey to speak to the prophet. But does the donkey know God? Amen. Are you listening to me? So God can use someone. Doesn't automatically mean that the person has a vital relationship with God. I, I use the word vital, keyword vital. We have a relationship because we are born again. A man can be married to a woman, but they are not talking. So the relationship is not a vital relationship. Are you understanding me? Okay? Legally, they are married. But vitally, <laughs> are you understanding me? They are not married. So, someone might have been saved and received salvation, but he has not improved or made that relationship with God active. Praise God. So what this prayer is, is that it will, the knowledge of Christ and knowing Him will open to you. Amen. Job 42, verse 8. Um, let me read... Go to the next verse. There's one I'm looking for. I'm not there yet. Go down. I've heard of thee with the hearing of the ear. Now my eyes see thee. Thank you. Five, sorry. Let's read this now. Job's, this is Job's confession. I have heard of thee. With what? The hearing of But now. Amen. So the prayer of Paul, is that now your eye will see. You know, people know about, can know about God, 
but you can know him. Knowing about somebody and knowing him are two different things. Some of you know about the president of Nigeria, but there are some people that know him. Amen. So though when you say, do you know him? Say yes now. Maybe you are in, in Ghana or you are in Togo. They say, do you, do you know the president of Nigeria? I say, he's my president. I know him. What you are saying is that you know about him. It's not that you have a relationship with him. Are we together? So um, when it comes to the knowledge of Christ, it shouldn't be something you know about. Are we together? You know. And it's in prayer that it opens to you. Glory to God. When someone says he's a loving God, you say, yes, I know. I say, they, say, oh, they say God is doing miracles. When will my own happen? You don't you know about him. Amen. They say, they say God is doing great things. My own great things. When you're talking like that, you know that you just heard about him. Amen. You just heard about him. That's why Jesus said that nobody can speak lightly of miracles that knows God. Amen. Alright? That knows God. There are some things you can't say. No matter the provocation, there are certain things you can't say. Certain things you can't say. Hallelujah. So, we're going to pray that prayer now. That he may give me revelation in the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. Revelation in the knowledge of him. If everybody in this church knows Jesus for themselves, Kai. <laughs> You know Jesus for yourself. Know Jesus for yourself. You know, there are some people that the reason why they are not doing certain things, I told somebody, I said, the reason why some people are not doing certain things is that they will catch them. <laughs> Amen. Amen. No. It shouldn't be that way. You know Him for yourself. So in your office, there are certain things that will not happen. You cannot be amongst people that are changing figures, stealing your, your employer blind. Are you understanding me? Coming here and testifying and asking that God will help them not to catch you. It shows you don't even know who you are praying to. Amen. Bill Graham just passed on. He said, I've never met someone that received Christ and regretted it. What he was trying to talk about is not somebody that goes to church. There are a lot of people that go to church that are not born again. Hello? I hope you know that. There's a lady, she's a minister today now. She was our friend. Who were in university at that time. She has always been around us. A good girl. You know, when they, you know, when some say this person is a good girl, you understand that? We're not just saying she's a good girl. So, we just assume that she was saved. We just assume she was saved. Because she's a friend to all of us that are born again. But she was not born again. And she might even be better behaved than some that were born again. Are you understanding me? So, we just assume that she was born again. Until one day, as students who were hungry, you know, sometimes students are always hungry. Amen. But the students of these days are hungrier than we were at that time. <laughs> the hunger of the students of these days, I've never seen it. Amen. It's not even in the Bible. Amen. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we're hungry. 
and we were somewhere, we were students, and when Jerry, we came to town to do something. And I was like, man, we need strength to continue this journey. And I asked the brother with me, do you know anybody that lives around here where we can just rest before we continue the journey? He said, oh, there's this sister. And uh, we got down to the place. Those days there were no GSMs. As, as God will have it, she was around. So we sat in the sitting room. She said, would you like to take anything? She said, that's what we came for. <laughs> that's what we came, we came to take something. It's not just that I say, don't mention, 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 mention. That's what we came for. <laughs> so she went in, bought, uh, got uh, soft drinks and, uh, so, and she came to serve us. As she was going in, I, I, I can't say I heard the voice of God or something. It just, it just came like a thought in my heart. I almost called the lady's name now. I don't call her name. I said, have you received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? My friend with me looked like I was crazy. What kind of question is that? She just bent her head and said, no. He was shocked. I said, do you have a Bible in this house? She said, yeah. I said, go and bring the Bible. So she went in, brought the Bible, and I opened scriptures to her and showed her that she needed to receive Jesus. And in her own father's living room, she received Jesus as Lord and Savior. And when students at that time prayed with her, she left. She's a pastor, walking directly with Reverend Chris Aklumet today. Amen. And that's how she got born again. Hallelujah. That's how she got born again. So, you have people, you can have, please help me ask your neighbor, are you born again? Amen. And especially if, they, if they, the choir asks yourselves, are you born again? Ask yourself. Ask, ask. So, these days we ask, we ask. The people walking with me, some of us will ask, you receive Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> you receive Jesus Christ, amen. As well as you. So, no assumption. Someone can be coming to church every day, every day, every day, is to ask, have you received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Amen. It's not, you see, if you have not received, we will help you receive. Amen. He said, I received, but I don't know where I kept it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, come and receive. Amen. Amen. All right. So, before we pray the prayer of revelation in knowledge of Him, everybody bow your head. Amen. Bow your heads. The prayer of revelation in knowledge of Him is for those that have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So, let's start from where it should be. If you are not sure that you are saved, you have doubts, uncertainties about your salvation, we can help you today make it right. And then from here, you will function with that certainty that you are born again. I would like to pray with you. You want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Or you want to have that assurance that you are saved? Just lift your right hand above your head. I will pray with you where you are. Just lift your right hand. Just wave it at me. If I see that hand, I'll pray with you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. You, you want me to pray with you to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Just lift it up. It's not time to be looking around. It's, your, it's a personal thing. It's your personal. It's you. It has nothing to do with your friend or whoever you came with. Now, if your hand is up, pray this prayer with me. Alright? Because it's a major thing that's going to happen today. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you died for my sins. Today, I receive you as my Lord and personal Savior. I confess 
that I'm born again from this day forward. I receive assurance of my salvation and I walk with you from today as your son. In Jesus' name, Amen. Welcome to the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. If you pray that prayer, they'll just give you a card. Now, rest of you, let's all stand up so we can pray the revelation and knowledge of Him. Amen. Right? You pray in revelation and knowledge of Him. Revelation and knowledge of Him means that He will open Himself to you. You will see Him. You will know Him. And from today, you'll be knowing Him more and more. Hallelujah. Alright? You'll know Him more and more. There are some people in this church that are your friends. It took a while for you to really begin to know them. Is that not so? The more you related with them, the more you got to know them. So Jesus, you can know him more and more and more. Let's pray for ourselves. Pray that he will give you revelation in the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. Open your mouth and pray that prayer for yourself. Pray that prayer for yourself. We pray for revelation in the knowledge of you. Everyone here is lifting up the voices, saying, Lord, give us a revelation in the knowledge of you. Revelation in the knowledge of you. As Paul prayed that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I don't want to hear about him just by the hearing of the ear. I want to know him for myself. Wherever I have known, the point to which I have known, let more of him be opened up to me. More of him be opened up to me. More of him be opened up to me. In Jesus' most precious name, lift both hands towards heaven and say, Father, give me knowledge, give me revelation in the knowledge of Christ, that I might know Him more than I knew Him. Day by day, let the knowledge of Christ open up to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. Glory to God. Are we making progress? Then I love verse 18. That the eyes of your understanding, 18, be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. 18 says, The eyes of your understanding. Give me the amplified version. The eyes of your understanding. 
It says, having the eyes of your hearts flooded with lights. Praise God. There's an eye out here and there's an eye in here. Amen. It's the one inside here he's talking about. Are we together? The eye of the inner man. The man is not blind. He does not have lights. Amen. Are you listening to me? Okay, so it's not saying the man is not blind. He doesn't have any deficiency. The moment you got born again, you have spiritual eyes that see. But now, no matter how good your eyesight is, if there is no light in this room, you can't see. Am I communicating? The problem is not your eyesight. The problem is that there is no light. So the prayer of Paul is that light will come. Hallelujah. The light comes from God's word, of course. Are we together? That the eyes of your heart be flooded with light. If the light is dim, if you are walking in a place where the light is not so bright, you walk slowly. Amen. As the light gets brighter, you become more confident. Is that not so? That means that you will not stumble if there is light. So, the prayer is that let the eyes of my heart be flooded with light. Be flooded with light. And there's nothing deeper than that prayer. When your eyes are flooded with light, you will know why God called you. Amen. I know when people hear call of God, they always think about pastor, evangelist, prophet. No. Every believer is called. Amen. Say, I'm called. Say it again. I'm called of God. I don't I know. I've thought on it several times. But I, when I see in people's eyes, I know they still don't understand what I'm talking about. You know? Called of God. We are all called. When Jesus died and rose again, he summoned all of us Gentiles to come into the kingdom. That summoning is a call. Amen. And when he summoned all of us, he had something in mind that he wanted you to do. He wanted you to do. He wanted you to do. That thing he wants you to do is your calling. Amen. Whether it's to be a teacher, whether it's to be a doctor, whether it's to be um, a politician, whether it's to do business and ministry. So, it's not only a pastor that is called. Hallelujah. Are you getting the picture? And some of you, the reason, because you don't even know that you are called, you behave like someone that just came. Amen. <laughs> Amen. If you were not called, you would not have been able to come into the kingdom. Are you listening? If he didn't call you, you would not have been able to come. Whom he did predestine, he also what? Called. So you are called. That's why you came. And those he called, he also what? Justified. So justification is a reward for responding to his call. Amen. And then he said, those he justified, he also what? Glorified. So say, I'm called. Say again, I'm called. Now, don't me, I'm not saying that let's say I am called. Say yes, pastor say I'm called. I'm not a prophet. And people take lightly those kind of things, you know. Somebody asks me, say, I, I feel I'm a prophet. You are not any prophet. Amen. You know what it is to be a prophet? <laughs> a prophet will hardly even say he's a prophet. 
It's too heavy. He slept and woke up. He had three dreams. He said, hey, prophet. <laughs> so, but you are called. Are we together? You are called. You know, because sometimes we use man of God lightly. You know, you see some friends just talking to say, man of God, man of God, wait, man of God, man of God, man of God, man of God, man of God. Yes, ah, man of God, man of God. And they make a mockery. Do you know the word man of God is only once in the New Testament it was used to show you how heavy it is. He said that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto God. That's the later. Amen. So some people are just guy of God, guy of God, guy of God. Don't call him man of God. Guy of God, guy of God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so your eyes will open. You will see, because your eyes are not flooded with light, you will see what he called you for. Amen. It will be clear to you. Okay, this is what God wants me actually to do. There has been so much confusion, some people, about what God wants them to do. So that thing God wants them to do sometimes, it changes per second by second. Last Sunday, he was an evangelist. On Thursday, he's an apostle. On Saturday, he's a teacher. Are you understanding me? That's the prayer that I've not been prayed. Lord, let my eyes be flooded. Let the eyes of my heart be flooded with lights. So there's no more confusion. Are we together? So I know what I'm called for. I know the inheritance that I have. Amen. And I know the power that is available to me. Okay? I imagine that you're functioning with people who have been flooded with light. The eyes of their hearts have been flooded with light. The way they carry out their responsibilities will be very awesome. Glory to God. Awesome. Awesome. You know, somebody can do something and is not doing it with the understanding of why it should be done. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like, we went somewhere, I think my wife was there. Maybe that, let me not use that illustration because I don't want to talk down on anybody, but it's just like, uh-huh, let me use our own example. Our protocol and ushering, they're doing fine. Amen. Put your hands together for them. But before this generation, amen, <laughs> I had a meeting, that was last year or so, I had a meeting one time, last year or conven- before convention, I think. And I said, some of you have not understood what protocol means. You understand that? And I was trying to correct that because when some people hear protocol, they are doing it the wrong way. Years ago, I had some of my family friends, um, like uh, the house I stay in most of the time when I'm in London, they were here in Nigeria, so they came to visit. We had our former venue then. This would have been five, six years ago, I'm not sure again. So they came to visit, and these guys have lived, they were born and grew up in London, so 
That's how they think. What about relationship, you know? So, well, how are you? They said they're going to worship in church. They didn't want to follow their parents to church. So, they came. Um, one is a doctor and one is a nurse. So they're different, different sets of people. They're adults. So, <laughs> we just had convention. I think it was Sunday after convention or so. I have to demonstrate this so you understand what I'm saying. All right? Because you understand it. Joseph, bring a chair. And bring a second one. Then I need the protocol ushering people to come. Amen. All of you that are standing, come. So, we finish the service. All of you that are standing, come. As we finish the service, you know how service will close and I'll be shaking people. You know, so the people came to see me. Oh, pastor, oh, we enjoy the services. Are people going? So, we're trying to go have lunch together. So, I said, don't go. We'll have lunch together. So, I said, but let me just talk with you. So, let's assume... Yeah, the one I'll be using for example. Let's assume this is the the person. As we sat down, to hey, so how how was it? Is that how was your flight? Is that we're just talking protocol surround me. <laughs> this is what protocol did that day. Even me, I say, oh Guinea. <laughs> <laughs> so. They were scared. You know these guys lived in, 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 lived in England almost all their life. They were scared. Like, what happened? You know? So I said, cool. <laughs> Some of you standing here remember what I'm talking about. Then, this person, go, go back. Then they said, go in. So, they were like, they were wondering, is there a war zone or something? But in the mind of the protocol, they, they walk. <laughs> Are you understanding me? <laughs> Glory to God. So, I was like, even me, I was like, what happened? And I said, this thing in Nigeria where we're under military rule, it has not gone out of our mind, though. No, it has not gone. <laughs> Amen. Because for a protocol person to even initiate that, there's something militant in them. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So I said, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not protocol. <laughs> oh, you see where protocol person is helping you? I say, you want to fall me down? Because, okay, protocol. Be going that way. Be going that way. Be going. Come. Oh, I pass like this. You are walking. This is the man of God. Now this protocol. This. <laughs> you want to push me down? What kind of protocol is that? <laughs> I said, this one doesn't know what protocol is. So I don't know what they told them protocol was. Praise God. So, in the kingdom too, people are called, but they don't know what they are called to do. Amen. Glory to God. So, they are trying to do something, but they are not doing it the way it's supposed to be done. But when your eyes, the eyes of your heart are flooded with light, it means you come to that point you're like, wow, I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I know why I'm a Renaissance Assembly. You know, some people don't know why they're in Renaissance Assembly. 
Some people don't know. They've been in church three years, four years, five years. They still don't know. There may even be some people in the choir. They're not supposed to be there. And you're even telling them, don't be there. They don't know. I'm going to be there. Listen, let me tell you something. And let me use this to teach you this. If you become, you join a church, anywhere your pastor assigns you to, he is the shepherd. It's as good as Jesus assigning you. Some people don't understand these things. They say, you, serve there. It doesn't matter whether you are called to do it. You will be blessed in that place he told you to go. Some people don't understand that. All my life, when I was born in the Orthodox Anglican Methodist Baptist Church, I was in the, I was in the sanctuary unit. So now I come to Renaissance, I'm going to be in the sanctuary. We say we don't have a sanctuary name. We won't create a sanctuary. Listen, listen. When you, God does not lead you to a church for nothing. No, He never. God, hi, kai, kai, kai. There's this, I'm going to invite somebody to this church, if not for anything, for this. If it doesn't fall this year, maybe next year. What I observed is that if. I don't, I'm not against people traveling to Jerusalem. I have maybe talked about it, laughed and joked about it. I have never been to Jerusalem myself. You know, but I said, what that does to you, it makes you see how everything was pre-planned. Amen. That this thing we're doing here is not an accident. Alright? It's not an accident. I was in um, Florida. Um, we went to TBN Holy Land. Is in Orlando. So, they had this, um, they built a place like the tabernacle, alright? So, it just, like that. So, I was there. And then they acted out the high priest going into the Holy of Holies. Now, they built everything. You know, the shoe bread, the table of shoe bread, the, um, the, the lever, you know, um, the lampstand, everything. As they were acting in tears were coming from my eyes. I, that's, the gospel came alive. Are you understanding me? I saw exactly. And I was like, I wish I could take the whole church. Are you understanding me? To go and see it. So, I, I, um, some rabbis that are born again. I love when they explain the scriptures. Because it helps believers see how orderly God is. Amen. Ever say orderly. You know that scripture that says, let all things be done this. We read it this morning. Let all things be done decently and in order. When you come into a church, your life might be scattered. That coming into a church is God's order. He's ordering your life. It's the beginning of ordering you. When you come into a church, follow the order. Amen. It will help your life. It will help your life. It will help your life. So say, okay, um, what are you doing? Say, I'm not doing anything. You're born again, you're done membership. What are you doing? I'm not doing anything. Okay. 
Come and handle so and so. Eh, they've told me that, but I don't really like it. You don't have to like it first. You know, I wish I could explain this to you. I am pastoring today. I did not start by pastoring. They gave me work that I did not like to. Amen. But in that work, I found myself. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. They, see, maybe apart from, I don't know, there's no work we've not done. That's no, no work. I, I might not have been a praise and worship leader, no, but this, work, arrange equipment, set up equipment, arrange hall. We did all of that. At your service, what do you want me to do next? Go and invite somebody. Go and do, we did all of that. As we were doing it, we started discovering things that we didn't know, but we would never have known we had. Um, lead prayer. Do like this. Whatever you are assigned to do, start from there. Some people are looking for something big. That's why they never start something small. And, oh, let them give me this. Let me give, no, 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 no. Everything they give you to do, as long as it will touch someone's life, you'll be blessed. Are we together? You'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. So why are you in church? Why are you in Renaissance Assembly? Say, I, I just came, you know, God sent me there to just come and feed. You are a liar. Does God feed people for nothing? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. No, he doesn't. He's, look at the attitude of Jesus. He was passing by a fig tree. Fig tree. Are you not better than a fig tree? The investment God has made in you is not more than what he has made in a fig tree. Amen. Fig tree. And he looked and saw it looked like it had fruit because the leaves were, were green. And he got there and didn't see fruit on it. Then no man eat fruit of thee hence for. Why did Jesus react like that? Amen. You read another parable where the Bible says that after three years, the vine dresser was asked. The owner of the vine came and told the vine dresser, Let's uproot this tree. It's not bearing fruit. He said, Please allow it one more year. That means there's timing in how you're supposed to be productive. Amen. He said, Allow it one more year. I will dung it. Dunging it means that. I will put manure around it and try to take out anything that's making it not to grow. If it still doesn't grow after one year, we'll uproot it. That's what the kingdom says. That any branch that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Never be in a church and not be productive. Amen. Are we together? If there's nothing to do, arrange the chair. Amen. Help somebody carry their thing to the car. Just do something. Amen. Ah, please, give me something to do. Don't be idle. Don't just come sit down, hear the word of God. Amen. Go. Come back again, hear the word of God. Go. No. You soon have constipation, spiritual constipation. Amen. Anybody that eats and eats and eats and has no expression of giving. Amen. Giving and receiving. Amen. There is receiving, then you give. Amen. Yeah? You have constipation. So it's when your eyes are flooded with lights. Then you see. And when you rise up to pray today, you will see something. Amen. Okay. 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 
There is nothing I'm involved in that I don't know what my place is. If I'm not sure what my place is, I'll be careful. I have a group of friends who minister together, um, um, Reverend Tokula, the rest of them. I know my place in that, in that, in that relationship. And when we're in meetings, I deliver my place. I know my place. I have light about what my contribution is. Are you listening to me? So you have to understand that there is something. There is a contribution in your life for the local assembly you are part of. It has to be steady. It has to be dependable. You might not be in the music team. You might not be um, usher or protocol, but there's something you, you can do. Praise God. There's something you can do. Hallelujah. We were talking about once where we wanted um, to organize something for people that want to write jam and um, SSC and all that, you know. And um, let's, let's have some like uh, preparatory classes for church members that want to write all those kind of exams and all that. And then someone can say, okay, I'll be teaching every Tuesday. I'll come. I can teach maths. I can teach chemistry. I can teach English. It's a contribution. Are you understanding me? All right? Listen. It is a curse. Hear me. I'm using the word curse. For someone to allow his problems not give him room to help somebody else is a curse. I'll say it again so you hear me well. The worst place to be is a curse for someone to allow himself to be in a place where you have so many problems that you can't help anybody. That means you will never come out of it. Because our lives are connected to people. Our success is in what we do for others. Did you hear me? In case you didn't know that. If there is no act of consistent generosity coming out or flowing out of your life, then you have closed your own doors against yourself. It's scripture. So never allow yourself to come to a place where you have some problem that you cannot help anybody. Never allow it. If you are believing God for a child, let me give an example now. Let me tell you some things that are very spiritual. If you are believing God for a child, you are believing God for a child. Look for a child you will pour love on. Like your child. Your child will come. That's why it happens sometimes that you see somebody who go and adopt a child. After that, they now get pregnant. Have you not heard that? Why does it happen? That's why it happens. Because you're already showing what you will do to a child. So, you, you must allow that in your life there's an outlet constantly of service to other people, of help to others. That's how you break that selfishness. If not, you'll be thinking, eh, I don't get money now, what do I go do? I don't have this now, what I will do? Oh, we're doing this. I don't have this. I don't... No, no, no. Don't ever allow yourself to be in that place. Don't ever allow yourself. If you were there before, you are breaking out today in the name of Jesus. Never allow yourself to be there. If you need clothes, at least you are not naked. There's somebody that needs something that you already have. Start with that person. 
ask you that person. And watch what will start happening in your life. This year will be different from every other year of your life. It will be different. Praise the Lord. You live in a neighborhood. You live around people. How are you a plus? How are you a plus? How are you a plus? There are some things you will do. (laughs) Praise God. Your heart will open in a way that you will receive things you couldn't receive before. So, anytime I find myself in a corner where it looks like things are closing up on me, I start looking for people to help. It's a constant practice. Sometimes I'm praying about something. I'm in faith for something. Something happened recently. I've shared it before. I was in faith for something. I was in faith for something. And I I prayed. Then I was waiting for the path of life for it. Amen. I was just waiting for the thing that would open it. I was in my office and my wife just came and said, eh, one drunk man came into the premises. He said he's looking for money. He said he's like he's drunk. As she just said, I said, that's my key. I said, how much did he ask for? I counted money, gave her to go and give him. As she gave him, I received a phone call. I'm not telling you, so this happens regularly. Regularly. Because we've known that our victory is tied to people. Amen. I was just waiting. I said, what is it? What is it? There is no time I receive money that in my heart I'm not looking for somebody, the person that is a, a part of the money. If you are not a part, I won't give you. Are you understanding me? There is a person. Are you understanding me? That is a part of it. There is no time I receive something good that somebody is not part of it. So I'm searching my heart. 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 Before now, I used to do, try to do all. Now I now discover that some, you will never receive any reward. So follow the one the Holy Ghost leading you. Amen. No nonsense investment. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? No nonsense investment. You are learning something today. Will it help you? Yes. You are in trouble. Hey, hey, hey. Let me tell you how God works. So. You are in trouble. You are in trouble. Deep trouble. Somebody that has the same trouble or more will come and meet you with his own problem. Solve his own. In solving his own, your own is solved. I learned that in my third year. I wrote an exam. I had prepared for the wicked lecturer. I heard now he saved. Thank God for him. Some lecturers are Satan incarnates. It's true. The kind of things the lecturer tells us in class, you know that he's sad. I'm not telling you what they told me. I was in the class. He said, you're welcome to this class. He said, can you hear me? Some said yes, some said no. He said, hey, 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 hey. As the lecture continues, 
throughout this semester, my voice will be going lower and lower. And then you will fail. <laughs> That's the first thing he told us. What kind of lecture is that? So, we had the guy's exam. Because of that, I made sure that I've covered on my own end. I was just writing an exam. We were using Arena, you know, um, a convocation Arena to record. We were quite, you know, engineering students were quite large. So, we scattered all of us. We were engineering course. We scattered all of us. Well, it was my second year. Second year, 209, I still remember the course. So, we sat and we were writing. One boy, I still remember the boy. Not sitting close to me, a little far. Someone gave him paper from outside. And the lecturer saw him, I was running to him, so he stood up and ran. The man just marked this whole line and collected all our papers about 20 or 15 minutes after we started. Give me your paper, give me your paper, give me your paper. Collected all of us our papers. And said we should go and produce the boy. I mean, I was ready to produce the boy. <laughs> but I didn't know his name. So, imagine after that exam, we ple- were pleading with the man. He squeezed our papers and went to his car and put it under his car seat. I just, it's like, see so what someone's doing to your destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes will be flooded with light. So I was so sad. I had two experiences like that in school that, you know, where you have to hope against hope. I was so sad. I was heavy, downcast. This is a cause that I prepared for, I prayed, I did. You know, I was just walking back to, to my room. So I was passing by library extension. Passing. Somebody was reading in library, a brother. He said he saw me through the window and ran out of the library. Ah, you are seeing hope. He said, man of God. So I turned. I don't want anybody to deal with He said, my heart is very heavy, sir. I am in trouble. As I saw you from the window, I ran out. I looked at him and said, me, I would have run in <laughs> when I saw you. <laughs> Amen. So he started working with me. I didn't want to work with anybody. He started pouring out his problems, pouring out his problems. For the first few minutes he was talking, I was thinking about my own problem. Then it occurred to me, solve his problem. It did not come like a voice to me, just from within me, solve his problem. So I just opened my mouth and I started talking. Every word I was saying to him was to me too. It was inspired. By the time he said, I am free, me too, I was free. And that result didn't turn out bad. Amen. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's what people understand. Why is it that pastors seem to be doing well? It's because they help a lot of people. Simple. Simple. Even if you are not a pastor, you start helping people like that, you will find that your life will be the same way. So you are in Renaissance Assembly. How are you of help? I said, mm, 
Church not go close today. <laughs> Amen. How are you of help? Why are you here? Let's rise to our feet. And this is the last prayer point we're going to take. And pray, let the eyes of my understanding be flooded with lights. Let me see why I'm here and start functioning that way. Let me see what I'm called for and let me start functioning. Open your mouth and pray that prayer for yourself. Make sure you're praying. Make sure you're praying. The eyes of your heart flooded with lights. The eyes of your heart flooded with lights. The eyes of the heart of everyone here flooded with lights. We have people functioning with light. They know what they are called to do. They can see what God wants them to do. And they are functioning that way. When you don't know why you are in a place, you will start distracting those that know why they are there. But when you know why you are there, you will not be a distraction to others. God has the big plan. I see myself in the big plan. When your eyes are open, you see yourself in the big plan. You see yourself in the big plan. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands. Say, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the eyes of my understanding to be enlightened. Let the eyes of my heart be flooded with light. Let me know the hope of my calling. Let my eyes see why you brought me here. What you want to do in 2018. Through me and by me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let people say loud, Amen. Amen. Celebrate Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Sit. When we stand up now, we'll take the communion. I taught you about the communion, so we're going to do it. Amen. And then we'll give our seats. Okay, but listen to me. You've learned so many things today. And the things will guide you in your endeavors in the coming days. We are a New Testament church. Tell anybody we're a New Testament church. Say again, we're a New Testament church. They say, well, every church should be a New Testament church. Yes. What it means is that 
everything we do is in the light of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There are things in the Old Testament. Application for us in the New Testament might be different from how it was applied in the Old. Am I communicating? There are some things Jesus said. He said, forgive that so that your Heavenly Father will forgive you. That's what he said in Matthew 6 prayer. That does not apply to us. Because in the New Testament, what Paul said to them that forgive as Christ forgave you. Are you with me? Maybe I should show you the scripture. Go to Matthew 6. The prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Should be 12, 13, or 14, one of them. Thank you. So in the Lord's Prayer, it says, And forgive us our debts. Some other translations, trespasses, alright? As we forgive our debtors. Next verse. There's the one I'm looking for. Now go back up. 11, let me see 11. Gives it a little bit. The scripture I'm looking for is just say, Forgive that your heavenly father will also forgive you. Give me Mark 11. If you don't find it here, go to Mark 11, 25. Mark eleven twenty five. Good. He says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have oath against any, that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Now, this was said before Jesus died. I hope you know that. Hello. Who was talking? It was Jesus now? Okay, this was said before he died. Now, when they were now telling people, Okay, does it mean in the Old Testament was forgiveness important? Yes. In the New Testament is forgiveness important? Yes. But in application, it is different. Hallelujah. Here in the Old, I know you are reading Mark, but this is Old Testament too. Amen. Because New Testament started actually in the book of Acts. Amen. Okay. So, he said to them, to the Jews that were not born again, when you stand praying, forgive. If you have something against any, that your father also. So you are forgiven so that you will be forgiven. In the New Testament, after Jesus' death and resurrection, for you that is born again, Ephesians 5, we read 1 and 2. Be therefore followers of God as their children. Next verse. And walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for his sweet smelling several. Next. I'm looking for... No, no, no. Is it, in... is it the next one? Or is it the previous one? I want to show you something. It flows from Ephesians 4 into Ephesians 5. But that's for somebody. Let me read it to you. But fornication and uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named once among you as becometh sins. It's to you. 
All right, Ephesians. The last verse of Ephesians. Yeah, it flowed into chapter 5. It says, go up one more verse. So we'll start from 31. Good. One more. Good. Now, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. 31. Let's, let's read together. I want to go. Let all, not some bitterness, all. He's talking about negative emotions. All bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32. And be ye kind to one another, tender, not hardened, not, what well, there's a, this is to say uh, pidgin English, uh, when something is strong. Uh-huh. Tender hearted, forgiving one another. How? Even as God, for Christ's sake, had. Are you seeing the difference now? You are forgiving just as you were forgiven. Amen. He's not saying you should forgive so that you'll be forgiven. Uh, did you get the picture? Amen. 31. Go back to 31. Let's New Living Translation. Let's read New Living Translation. Now, let me say this to you. Negative emotion will kill you. It will make you sick. It will make you broke and frustrated. Maybe I, I was saying to these people, let me come here. Negative emotion will kill you. It will make you sick. It will make you broke and frustrated. Three keys to being broke, sick, and frustrated. Number one, be bitter. Number two, be gossiping. Number three, be envious. Eh? You will slowly and surely disintegrate. 31. New Living Translation. Let's read together. I want to go. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, Anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Verse 32. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, had forgiven you. Message 31. 31. You know, the worst thing in a church is a pastor trying to be a blessing to you and there's a war because there's bitterness amen in your heart and no matter how if all the men of God in Nigeria will all come together and lay hands on you you understand that nothing will change in your life amen and that's the reason and that your head many people have laid hands on it you know let's read together I want to go make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another. Sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. One more amplified. 31. If after reading amplified, you didn't get it, stay in your bitterness. Let's go. Want to go? Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath 
passion, rage, bad temper. You break your phone, you break your box, you break everything. Bad temper. I'm talking to somebody. You have broken television in your house. You have broken window in your house. Are you not see you are getting broke? Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, let's read together, and resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling. I'm not talking to him. 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 Not him. <laughs> you know, some people like to quarrel. Amen. It's like, I feel some wives joke with their husband. I say, well, I'm not quarreling this month. Why? As if quarreling is part of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. The late John Austin, the father of Joel Austin, was not happy with his wife, Dodie Austin. And the story was very funny. So, she would talk to him, he won't respond, he won't answer. She would talk to him, he won't answer, he was angry with her. So, she entered the room and he was coming behind her. No, she walked into the house, uh, uh, one of the rooms, and he was coming behind her. So she went to hide behind the curtain. So when he came in, he didn't see her. He went to the toilet, he didn't see her. He went to the toilet, he started looking for her everywhere, looking, looking for her everywhere, looking for her everywhere, until he opened the curtain and she's, <laughs> he started laughing. You know, if she's not around, the quarrel will not gel. Are you understand? <laughs> she has to know that he's not answering her. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and no go agree. And no go agree is contention. Amen. Are we together? I think we should have a pigeon Bible. Amen. And slander, evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language. Be what? Banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or business of any kind. Verse 40, 32, sir. And become useful. Let me tap two people. Say, become useful. And helpful. Amen. And kind to one another. Tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another, readily and freely, as God in Christ forgave you. How you know that Satan, come, put your head down, that Satan has you like this, eh, is when you say, now, if I go and tell him sorry now, they will say it's because of what pastor said. That means Satan has you like this. <laughs> How you know that you are free is that I know the right thing to do today. Amen. I'm going to do the right thing. Then you are free. Are we together? Don't give your offering if you didn't receive this message. Stand up. Amen. 
If you receive this message, give a double offering. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Give a double offering. Amen. Give more than you would have given if you receive this message. Lift up your offerings, lift up your tithes. Amen. And honor the Lord today. Thank you. As we lift up our offerings and our tithes, the account details on the projector screen. If you need a POS, there will be a POS on every aisle for you to do what you have to do. Um, if today is your first time worshipping with us, we will also love to especially welcome you. We are happy you came today. Today was a special day. Very special. Alright? So, uh, that you came for. And it's a different service. Glory to God. So if today is your first time worshiping with us, let me see your right hand up. We just want to welcome you. Wave at me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Hallelujah. Now, if today is your first time, there are people standing in front here. They are here because of you. Pick your Bible, your phone, whatever you came with, and follow them. They will take you to a sitting area at the back. They will attend to you there. Thank you so much. Just go with them. Go with them. There's someone there. There's someone there. There's always two people standing out here. Amen. So you help them. Glory to God. Pray over your offerings now. Spend time. Pray over your offerings. You know what to do now. Amen. Pray over your offerings. It's an act of worship to your king. Speak words over your offerings. Amen. Pray over your offerings. Pray over your offerings. Remember that it is the Lord your God that gives you power to get wealth. He brought you out of sin and brought you into the kingdom of his dear son. Father, we honor you today with our offerings. We recognize your lordship over our lives, over our finances, everything that concerns us. We saw our seeds recognizing you as our master, the savior of our souls. Your word declares good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over men and bring it to our bosom. We recognize that our seeds are multiplied and you are increasing the fruits of our righteousness. We also partake of the body and the blood of Jesus as we eat of the body and drink of the blood. We remember that Jesus' body was broken for us. And by those stripes and piercings, healing and health belongs to us. And so today, we also partake of the blood for the forgiveness of sin. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Allow the ushers lead you and come give your seat. You are the bomb of of Gilead. Sing, you are the road. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-356. 
You are big, blessed, and loaded. Around the world, by the power of the Lord.